have your Bibles, turn with me today to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. This passage of Scripture uh, is one that the Apostle Paul writes, and he writes um, with regard to instruction to young Timothy who is uh, going to succeed him in the gospel. He writes uh, in this way to remind him of things that are important in terms of the gospel. And one of those things is um, the Word of God given and faithfulness to that Word that has been received in Christ But I want to begin actually at the first of the chapter because the context um, has to do with the reminder to Timothy that that he is living in godless days. You remember how chapter three begins? That he's living in godless days. Uh, I found it very appropriate regarding the days in which we presently live is appropriate to us. And. he goes on, and, and as you go on through the chapter, he turns to the remedy. And the remedy that God has given is the Word of Christ. And that's the remedy. And so may God grant us uh, this morning to see uh, these words un- penned under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul to Timothy. And may God speak to our hearts this morning concerning faithfulness to Him. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Hear then the word of the Lord. But understand this, Timothy, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people, for among them are those who creep into households and capture women burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth Men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of these or those two men. Then he turns to Timothy. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my percussions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured. 
Yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And may God then add His blessing to the reading of His holy and precious Word of God. Uh, Our denomination, the Presbyterian Church in America, has been addressing some very fundamental and significant issues. If any of you have kept up with any of that, you recognize the seriousness of it. And we certainly pray for faithfulness uh, to God's Word in all of those matters. And uh, as we have, um, have seen that, I begin to ponder and think about what will guard us from liberalism? What will guard us from going astray? What will help us in order that we might uh, stay the course? Uh, and I love what one author simply came to, and he says, listen, uh, I challenge the church and the Presbyterian church in America to be faithful to Christ and His Word. That the guard against uh, error uh, in the day in which we live is faithfulness and a knowledge of God's Word. Uh, may God um, help us in this day and time to be uh, students of His Word. Study, you know the verse, don't you? Study to show thyself approved as a workman who needeth not to be ashamed accurately handling the word of truth. May the Lord be with us this morning to understand that which God has given us in a cruel and difficult and sinful world to stay the course. May we not lose sight of that reality of the great gifts that God has given us where we might be able to live the godly life. And I love the teaching of our of our confession of faith, which uh, says that in Scripture, all that is necessary for salvation and for godliness of life is found where? In the Word of God, that it is quite sufficient to teach us all that we need to know regarding what it means to live in these days and also to address all the issues that we face. And it doesn't have to be a general assembly. (laughs) As a matter of fact, I am convinced that you face issues every day of difficulty. That this life is fraught with difficulties in a sinful world. We need to grow what? In the grace and knowledge. (laughs) We need to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, We need to pray for the Holy Spirit's work in our hearts um, to sensitize us to the place of the Word of Christ 
in in our life. Um, I have some passages of scripture that I want to share with you as as we go from from this passage. Listen to this. Jesus says um, this in Mark chapter eight. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And then listen to this carefully. The words of Jesus, our Savior. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words. Did you hear it? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words. In this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man also will be ashamed of Him when He comes in the glory of His Father with the holy angels. It struck me quite clearly. Whoever is ashamed of Me, and what? And My words. Are you ashamed of the words of the Lord? Well, then why aren't you in the Word more? Don't you know that that which is necessary and good for us has already been given to us? I think the issue maybe is that we don't utilize it. We just don't ask God to give us the heart to devote ourselves to His Word. Listen to the beauty of this, and I I love the place of Scripture. It even begins with our confession of faith. And it talks about the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth forth His handiwork. As a matter of fact, that's enough to what? To express who God is so as to leave us with that excuse. We're in these beautiful mountains. Listen, I drive up some of the side roads of the mountains and even the wildflowers that are yellow are beautiful. <laughs> the, listen, the wildflowers that grow in our neighborhood are beautiful. And I, I think to myself, wow, God, that's wonderful. That's great, the place you've given us to live. And then I think about the goodness of God. But the Scriptures say what? That that alone is sufficient to leave us without excuse. But what? Not enough to save us. Not enough for us to know God wherein we can be saved. It's one thing to say how beautiful that is and acknowledge somewhat of God. But it's another thing to know God in the way that He reveals Himself. Well, how has He revealed Himself? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He was in the beginning with God. And the Word, uh-oh, it is an interesting the, the name that is given to Jesus Christ in the expression of the beginning of Jared. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. How do we know God? Well, we know God through His Son, who is described in Scripture as the Word. What does that mean, that He was the Word? Well, it means that from all beginning, He was the God that spoke and it was. You remember Genesis? Our Lord Jesus Christ spoke and it came into being. Nothing was made that was made without Him. And it holds together because of Him. And so, listen to the Scriptures Where is the truth of God and the knowledge of God known? Paul reminds Timothy where? From the word that you had from your childhood. Remember Eunice and Lois and remember the Scriptures that you were trained upon and raised in. 
which led you to a knowledge of salvation. And that was the Word of God. And then, of course, the, the great verse, for all Scripture is God-breathed and profitable. And I want to emphasize that, that you should receive God's Word and be students of that Word and love that Word because you love Christ, who is the Word of life to you. And that you should accept that Word because it is the Word of God inscripturated. And the Word of God, the Bible, should have a particular special place in your life as a believer. And I would suggest to you this morning, if the Bible, if the Word of God has no place in your heart or in your affections or in your desire for holiness, I would suggest to you that they may reflect where you are spiritually with God. And I would encourage you to reflect upon that. And I was amazed. Uh, we had a professor, Dr. Henry Cromendom, the Dutch Reformed faith. And Dr. Cromendom, big, six foot six, Dutch. Oof. Oh, I'm going to take one of those easy courses this semester. We'll take the Gospel of John. All right. I can get through this. I'm going to play basketball, have fun. <laughs> Listen, the first class that Dr. Cromendom came into, he came solely with his Bible. Just his Bible. And he laid it upon the podium and turned it to the Gospel of John. And then he turned to us as students and said, let's pray before we begin. And for 15 minutes of that 60-minute class, he prayed for us that we would understand the Word of God by the Holy Spirit and that we would see Christ. My life was changed. I pray that you love the Word richly. Let it dwell within you. I was taken by surprise. I first objected inside this man took... 15 minutes of my 60-minute class to pray. But it didn't take long that unless I did pray with Him in the Holy Spirit, that I would never understand the Scriptures. I would never really know Christ. Neither would I ever really be saved if I didn't. I pray that the Lord will lead you to the same position. Oh Lord, we cannot live without You. And we cannot live without Your words in this evil and perverse generation. Isn't that where Paul began with Timothy? Didn't he remind... I'm amazed. Did you go through chapter 3 at the beginning? Do you realize how much sinfulness um, Paul expressed? And he took, he took note of each thing, didn't he? <laughs> he, went, he just didn't stop. He described all the sins that made the day evil. And you know, did you know that we could do the same right now? You and I could do the very exact same thing and we could define those sins in our culture today and we could define them and place them just like the Apostle Paul. And he says, Timothy, the days are evil. Do you think the Word of God is appropriate for today and for you? Yes, my dear friends, I would say to you that the Scriptures given uh, for the Timothy, the days are evil. Congregation, the days are extremely evil. And we'll speak more about that. But in this beauty of our own confession of faith, do you know where our confession of faith begins? It begins with Scripture. 
how God reveals himself. And listen to it's a beautiful statement. Although the light of nature and the works of creation and providence do so far manifest the goodness, wisdom and power of God as to leave men unexcusable, yet are they not sufficient to give the knowledge of God and of his will, which is necessary unto salvation. Therefore, it pleased the Lord at sundry times and in diverse manners to reveal himself and to declare that his will unto his church. And afterwards, for the better preserving and propagating of the truth and for the more sure establishment and comfort of the church against the corruption of the flesh and the malice of Satan and of the world, to commit the same wholly unto writing, which maketh the Holy Scripture to be most necessary, those formal ways of God revealing His will unto His people being now ceased. It pleased God uh, to commit the same wholly unto Scripture, uh, letting us know His will. And the Scriptures ought to be precious in our life, for we have accepted Christ, and the Lord has done His work in our life of faith and repentance toward Him. And, and so our affections should be turned toward His will, and toward His Word, and toward the things He's spoken to us. And so what is one of the first things uh, that we find in Scripture? Don't you love John chapter 21, uh, the end of John and many other things Jesus did that are not written in this book. You remember that, don't you? And I said, he goes on to the next chapter. I suppose that if everything was recorded that Jesus did, that the whole world couldn't contain the books that would be written. But he says what? But these things have been written in order that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of the living God, and that believing on His name, you might have life. How are we reconciled to God? Through through the Word of Christ, by the work of the Holy Spirit, faithfulness to His Gospel and to His Word, manifesting to us the things of Christ. And I love the Scriptures. It says, when the Holy Spirit comes... He will not speak of Himself. Don't you love that verse in John? He will not speak of Himself, but He will speak and point us to the Son so that we would have life through Christ. And I, so that the, the main purpose is that all that is necessary for salvation, nature and all that is out there gives testimony to God, but is not sufficient to save us. We need something more. Well, we have to be atoned for. We have to be delivered from our sins. That has to be reconciled some way. And God, in the sending of His Son, He sent the Word into the world, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He not only came to redeem us and give His life for us, but He brought to us the Word. And don't you love it how Christ Himself as Savior tempered the Word? Look what the Pharisees and scribes had made the Word. How cold and calculated, and indifferent spiritually. And don't you love to know Christ as He speaks to your heart? Isn't your heart warmed by the love of Christ and by His compassion and His grace and His mercy as He speaks? I think sometimes our Lord speaks differently than we speak, even though we might mean well. And I love, I was listening to a song uh, yesterday. Cheryl had the radio on. To what, 106.9, what is it? 
Caleb, boy, Caleb. And, and, and it was a song that says, and I just caught one of the little verses. He says, and, oh, Lord, uh, I've come to know myself. Oh, please, Lord, may they see more of you and less of me. Oh, boy. Uh, it is good to know yourself, isn't it? Lord, may they see more of you and less of me. And, of course, the disciples said that I must, I must what? I must decrease that he might increase. May, may God give us that heart that Jesus Christ be seen. But, and remember that Jesus is the definer of his word. Not theologians, but Jesus is the definer of his words. Amen? Now, I love theology. Please don't misunderstand. But I want you to know that Jesus is the definer of His Word by the Holy Spirit. And I hope that you will always hold that because I tell you what, man can take God's words and he can make a lot out of it that may not be there. I encourage you to be as the Bereans. What did the Bereans do? They searched all things by the Scriptures to see if these things that the Apostle Paul proclaimed were true. And I'm amazed... uh, I'm amazed at the Bereans, and I hope that you will be Bereans in that sense of the word, that you will hold the Scriptures and the Word of the Lord dear to your heart, and that you will search all things by Scripture no matter what, that you will seek to glorify the Lord and know Him. And uh, I'm amazed that not only are the Scriptures and the reason that you should accept the Word of God, the Bible, um, is that it is the Word of God, and guess what? The Word of God bears witness to itself that it is the Word of God. Isn't that a wonderful thing? You should always look at Scripture if someone gives you a principle to see if it is found in other places in Scripture. The Scriptures bear witness to Scripture that it is the Word of God. Scriptures bear witness to Christ. I love, and that was a little verse that I ran through in the Gospel, and it says this. It says, and the miracles and signs uh, that Jesus bore... Uh, uh, Jesus performed, bore witness that His words were true. (laughs) Isn't that beautiful? His signs and His miracles that He performed bore witness that His words were true. And I love that testimony, that, that extra stamp of approval that God gives. Isn't it amazing how God in His Spirit, the Godhead, works in such a way to affirm the Word of Christ? and to affirm, affirm the gospel in, in our life. Uh, he, he has sufficiently given us uh, that which Christ has done in His coming into the world to give His life for our sins, uh, the Word as a witness that it is true, that Christ will keep what He has promised to keep. It's an amazing thing. Not only uh, the Word of God proclaims to us, and alone we should accept it for that reason, that it shows us salvation. Timothy, remember those words in which you were trained on um, that gives a knowledge for salvation. Now, that word points us to Christ, to trust in Him. The word itself is not deified. The word itself, matter of fact, the word is pointed to who? The word is the word of God because it points to Christ, who is God. And so we should always accept the Scriptures because it is God's word not because the words on the page are God or that the Bible is God. I once had a lady, uh, you ought to have seen that Bible. It was, it was awfully, it was falling apart. 
it was it was just coming apart and and she brought it to me i said i, I said and you 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 need a you need a new bible she said well i'm afraid to throw this one away <laughs> She said, I'm afraid God might get me if I throw this one away. She said, I know it's falling apart, but you know, you know the Bible. It's God's Word. And I said, well, man, now wait a minute. Uh, the Bible is a book. It's just a book, but it's not just a book. It, it, it is a book, and I appreciate your reverence for the book. But the book points to the reality of your relationship with Christ who loves you, who is the Word. And I said, I tell you what, you give me that Bible and I'll take care of it. <laughs> and uh, she said, oh no. She said, you can get me another Bible, but she said, this has got to go on my shelf. I said, well, you're not worshiping that Bible, are you? <laughs> and she said, no, I'm not. She said, I've just had it so long. She said, I know where to turn to it to find the verses that I want. <laughs> I said, you know what, Ann, I've got one of those two. I said, I'd be ashamed to show it to people. I said, but I, I got everything. I know exactly where. I know what you're talking about, hon. The Bible, the Word of God. Has the Word become that precious to you? That, boy, you have a Bible that you know where to turn. Because you know exactly where it's been placed. And those words are precious to you. My dear friends, God has given us His Word for salvation that we might know how to be reconciled to Him. Amen? For that alone, we should be thankful. But you know that one of the things I've come through through the years is that the Bible is much more than that. John writes in 1 John chapter 5, and he says, um, My little children, I write these things unto you who believe in order that you may know that you have eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the Bible has been given us not only for the purpose of salvation in Christ and pointing us to Christ, but what? That you and I as Christians who struggle with assurance as to whether we're Christians or not, or whether God really loves us or not, or whether we're really saved, or how we're facing certain issues, what? God has given us His Word that we might have full assurance. And dear friends, it's as you are rooted in God's Holy Word that you find your assurance. I find that some Christians don't have full assurance of their faith in Christ because they lack some understanding of the Word, or that they lack some intensity, and ask God to give you wisdom. Um, I had one friend say to me, he said, well, he said, I, I, I don't really know what it means to be saved. He said, but what I do, he said, they gave me a Bible, and he said, I, I just, and I, I said, he, he said, well, I, I just open it to a certain place, and I start reading where, where it is. I hope he doesn't start reading in Leviticus. But, but, but I, I just turn it open to a page and I start reading. And, and, and I, could, I could say, well, I don't know whether that's a good way to read the Bible or not. Maybe to begin with the Gospel of John that shows forth Christ and who He is might be a good start, wouldn't you say? Uh, and that's a good place to begin. Uh, but my dear friends, I, I said, well, you know, that's, that's a good start. At least you're turning into the Scriptures for those Scriptures to show you. May God help you fall to the right page that you will see Christ and that you will love Him and that you will know Him from His Word. And so, my dear friends, uh, God has given us His Word that we might know Him. He's given us His Word that we might find assurance. And I don't know whether you've ever struggled with the issues of life, but have you ever needed assurance at times in your life? 
when you weren't sure how things were going to work out and how things were going to go? Well, my dear friends, we need the Word of God then, don't we, more than ever. And so may the Word of God richly dwell within you. I want to read another verse of Scripture to you about the Word of God. And it is from Deuteronomy 6. Some of you are going to know this passage, but how wonderful it is. And what I want you to notice about Deuteronomy 6 and these verses are the scope of the place of God's laws and God's Word in the life of this believer as God as God calls them to hide the Word of God in their heart that they might sin against, not sin against Him. And listen, uh, Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, and the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words which I am commanding, and these words which I am commanding you today, shall be where? On your heart. These words that I'm commanding you this day shall be on your heart. And listen, it doesn't stop there. Listen to the scope. And you shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and as shall be frontals on your forehead. And you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and your gates. You shall, I can almost see, you know what they did in Israel, some of the Israelites in order to be reminded of the prophecies and the Word of God in Isaiah, they have these little black boxes. And these little black boxes, they put the Word of God in. And they have little leather bindings and they bind it around their head. And here they're praying at the wailing wall. And they've got this little black box on their head. And if you ever recognize what that is, that's literally taking what God said. They take the Word of God and they put it in the box and they attach it to their head. <laughs> I hope you don't have a black box. <laughs> and I hope, I hope that the Word reaches more than through the hard head. I mean through the head. <laughs> I, I hope that it goes further than that. <laughs> but I love the illustration. I love the picture of it. Walking around with the, I'm gonna get me one of those black boxes. <laughs> I'm really gonna get me one because these days I'm having a little trouble. <laughs> and, uh, I thank God for His mercy that when we, listen, Thy Word have I hid, where? In my heart that I might not sin against Thee. May God give you such a love for His Word that you hide it in your heart. Did you know that Corey Ten Boone, when she was captive, do you know what they did? They had a Bible, only one, and they tore the pages out and they passed it around to all those prisoners. They passed each page around. And you know what Corrie Ten Boom did in her time in prison camp, in the concentration camps? Dear friends, she wrote down the Word of God as she got each page so that she might not forget. Now what a love for the Word and example that is. How precious it is to you who have abundance of Bibles, but oftentimes don't make use of that Bible. May God help us to hide His Word in our heart. I love the one, let the Word of Christ, what? Let the Word of Christ richly dwell within your hearts, making melody unto the Lord. I pray that that will be the case, that when your mouth opens, I've heard so many mouths, in the time in which we live. 
But dear friends, I delight in the mouth that when it opens, it has the word and the love, the love and the words of Christ upon their lips. Aren't you, don't you love to be around people like that who hid the word of the Lord in their hearts that automatically when they start talking, it just, it just flows. It, it just comes, comes out. So may God be with us as we uh, consider the scope of uh, the Word of God. Now, one thing, I, lo- I love this, uh, this little book. This is uh, James Montgomery Boyce on the Psalms. There's one psalm that is devoted to the Word of God. Do you know what psalm that is? Psalm 119. Now, there's something unique about that psalm. And um, I-, I loved, I tried to, to prepare all... 15 sermons that uh, James Montgomery Boyce had on Psalm 119, but I couldn't do it here. But it's amazing that each one of the Psalms uh, that he, he speaks. Let me read to you, first of all, what he, what he says, and then I want to read this to you. He says, Psalm 119 is an acrostic psalm. What it means is that it's designed poetically in the Hebrew in such a way you've heard of an acrostic Psalm 119 is an acrostic psalm, the most elaborate in the Psalter. It is divided into 24, 22 stanzas, one for each letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And each verse of each stanza begins with one of these letters in sequence. Thus, each of the first eight verses begins with the letter Aleph. And each of the next eight verses begins with the letter Bet, Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta, Hebrew alphabet. And the whole poetical psalm, 119, is designed in that poetical form. We don't fully see it in the Hebrew, I mean in the English, do we? But in the Hebrew, it's, it's a beautiful poetical form. There's only one other psalm that's similar to it, and that's the book of Lamentations that's similar to it. And it's ordered in that, that way. And listen to what it, it says. The most striking feature of Psalm 119, one that every commentator mentions, but it is so important to the psalm's theme, each verse of the psalm refers to the Word of God for the most part. And uh, there are words given to it in Scripture in Psalm 119. Let's see, the word law occurs 25 times. The word word, 24 times. Rulings or ordinances, 23 times. Testimonies, 23 times. Commandments, 22 times. Decrees and statutes, 21 times. And, uh, of course, sayings, promises, word, 19 times, and precepts or charges, 21 times. Promise or word, 19 times. Um, there are other expressions, the way, the sayings, uh, the word of God. is. Think about how many, if I counted all that right, was close to 200 different expressions of the word for the Bible, the word of God, in Psalm 119. So it is devoted to the Word of God. And now one of the things, I will give you an abbreviation of all 13 of those sermons. <laughs> How does the Word of God speak to us? And it'll just only take a minute. The Word of God is given to us by God. It is God-breathed and therefore is worthy to be received as the Word of God. Also the Word of God is what? Profitable. For correction, reproof, Training in righteousness. What? That the man of God might be adequate, equipped for every good work. So the first one I'm going to begin with beyond the first two is that the Word of God has been given to you so that you might be equipped to serve the Lord. 
that you might be equipped to serve the Lord. I'm going to go through these quickly. These are the different functions of the God of Word, the Word of God in our lives in Psalm 119. Number one, Psalm 119 encourages us by the Word of God to put priorities in our life, to put first things first. It helps us to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. To put first things first in our life. Second of all, the Word of God is an encouragement to young people to start their life on the right path. It encourages the youth. Isn't that true of Proverbs? Same thing is said in Proverbs. Starting young, walking with the Lord in a right way when you're young. Also, the Word of God uh, helps us when difficulty comes and trials come our way, which describe our life in general. The Word of God uh, gives us the support we need from the Holy Spirit and from the Word itself, whereby we might face the difficult day. God's Word is an instruction to us. It is profitable for teaching and training in righteousness. That would be good for education today, wouldn't it? The God's Word is sufficient to teach and to guide us in the area of sanctification. Also, with regard to the difficulties of life, the Word of God helps us when we're... I love the sermon that was preached by Dewey Murphy on God's anvil. Have you ever been on God's anvil? You ever seen that? Bang! Bang! Have you ever felt like that sometimes? Bang! Bang! And the Word of God has been given to you to give you comfort when you are on God's anvil. And He is sanctifying you in times of difficulty. The Word of God has been given to you that you might know God. That you might know Him better. Just that alone is a beautiful thing. That you might know God and that you might know Him better. That you might find your way. The Word of God is profitable to help you find your way in God's will for your life. You're struggling with issues. May the Word of God lead you. Also, the Word of God helps us in affliction. When we are suffering, don't you know, I've been there. When a person is dying, my dear friends, the Word of God is the only comfort that sometimes I can bring that will be sufficient. Isn't that amazing? The only comfort in the final analysis that a person can have is in the Word of God, pointing to Christ. The Word of God also teaches us about eternal things. It shows us about eternity. It shows us what God has in store for us for the future. Also, the Word of God helps us to love Him more. I don't know, isn't it something that you're going through something and you open God's Word and God gives you an answer of some sort. Aren't you drawn nearer to the Lord? You love Him more. Lord, thank You for that. There's also a clarity about God's Word. God's Word speaks the truth. And it speaks true to reality. And if you want to know about reality, you should have a great love for the Word of God for it points us ultimately to the truth. Do you have a difficult time understanding what the truth is today? As a matter of fact, the going idea is everything's relative. What you believe and what I believe 
you know, it may not touch base, but that's okay. It's all relative. Well, that's not true with God's Word. It offers clarity to us. Also, that teaches us how to walk with God day by day. Thy Word is a lamp. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Also, one of the great things I've thought about, and I love one of the sermons, don't you know that the Word of God brings us great joy? (laughs) Have you ever just joyed in the Word of God and said, Lord, just thank You for Your Word. That's good. I like that. (laughs) Keep it up. Keep it coming. Lord, help me to love Your Word. This is a good one. The Word of God keeps us from wandering. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. What is the deterrent? It is the Word of God. Listen to this. The Word of God helps us to pray effectively. Do you do a lot of praying? Lord, teach me how to pray in accordance with Your will. Teach me how to pray according to Your Word. Does the Word of God have a place in prayer? Yes, it does. May God help you in your prayers because you're in the Word of God. And may that Word temper your life. Also, the Word of God helps us to endure. I don't know when you're struggling with certain issues and certain things and you're not sure what God's will is. And when you're waiting on the Lord... You don't get a real clear answer. Do you ever get antsy? <laughs> you ever get just antsy? <laughs> and you say, Lord, how long? How am I going to deal with this? Do you know what tempers you? When you're in the Word of God, the Lord simply says, Not yet, Lonnie. Wait, Lonnie. Be obedient. Continue to walk with me, even though you have to wait. Because sometimes God says yes. And sometimes God says, no, Dr. Gromadam says, but what? And Lonnie, what are you going to do when he says, wait? (laughs) Uh, He said, Lonnie, I love you. And you want answers to everything right now. But God may say no. And are you willing to accept God's no? Are you willing to wait when he says not yet? And I thought to myself, I've always learned from those words. Don't you love his voice? He's done a good job with with that one. <laughs> Not very Dutch, but that's okay. And then the last the last stand the last verses of Psalm one nineteen um, speak about uh, the relationship of the believer to the Word of God as a sheep. Lord, thy word to me is is like a word that keeps the sheep. From going astray. And um, it's quite a, a beautiful verse. Let me see if I can read it to you. Let my soul live that it may praise thee, and let thine ordinances help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. And then finally, I would just close with with this about the Word of God. This is the end of Scripture. 
I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God shall add to him the plagues which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of the, this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city which are written in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. And Jesus spoke many words. And some of the words that He spoke were very difficult. And many began to leave Jesus and depart from Him. And Jesus turned to His disciples and He said to them, Will you also leave Me? And His disciple Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Lord, to whom shall we go? Only you have the words of life. Amen? Amen. May the Lord be with you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord keep you close to Himself and to His Word. May you find the richness of God's Word in your life as a believer. May it be with you until you see Him face to face. May the Lord be with you. Let's pray together. Lord, we bow before You today and we thank You for Scripture. That the Holy Spirit bears witness to that Word and points us to the Savior. But Father, all these other benefits are to naught unless we see first and foremost that that Word refers to Christ Himself. And it is rooted in Him and a personal relationship with Him. And so therefore, Lord, help us to walk faithfully with Christ. For it is only through the grace and mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ upon a sinner that Word is truly refined and defined in the heart of those who have by, by faith receive forgiveness for their sins, and who walk with the Lord daily. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. Help us to hide it in our hearts always by Your help that we might not sin against You. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.